Break It Down with Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Oh, that was very bright and exciting and wonderful. It'll go great in there. I like it. And don't forget to check out our website. That's right. www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com For those of you that are listening and watching, you're about to go back in time by five to six months. Oh, that's right. Happy New Year, Tim. Happy New Year, Rick. Good God. Because when we recorded this episode, it was New Year's Day? Uh, it might have been, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. five months ago. It takes a while for our videos to upload to YouTube and onto the RSS feed. That's true, it does. It, it, uh, it, it took a while. Because we use AOL, and it's like... <laughs> yeah. Awful. And Tim wants to use the phone, so I have to unplug the modem. <laughs> those were the days. I remember those days. I tell that to my students. I tell them the stories, right? I remember my first online video game experience. Command and Conquer, Red Alert. And I was playing with a buddy, and we built up our bases, and we were about to attack each other, and my mom picked up the phone. And that was the end of that. Ooh! the hell's going on? It's a good question. I'm glad I'm Italian. I'm not white. You kind of are. <laughs> Why does it have to be the big chicken? <laughs> Why does it have to be the big chicken? Why do you have to say it like that? <laughs> I was right. And yes. you were racist. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> I still have a belief that Sasquatch is out there. But that doesn't make me crazy. And you give me that face, and this is my issue with you. You're a questionable person. This is a podcast where Rick, a Generation Xer, and Tim, a millennial, come together and try to find answers to our changing world. Break it down with Rick and Tim. All right. When we did this riff episode... Did you ever think that Ron DeSantis would sign a bill that would harm LGBT people in the state of Florida in regards to getting health care? I mean, yeah. He's Ron DeSantis. Wow. That's his thing. He is the extreme. He's so He's, hateful. Well, yeah, that's his brand. He doesn't care who he hurts. No. And then Rudy Giuliani allegedly selling pardons. With Donald Trump. Allegedly. A million for me and a million for you. And you know, it's funny because I think I remember like during the administration, there was this rumor going around about like pardons for $2 million. Like, I feel like I heard it before and I was just kind of like, huh, I wonder if that'll ever come to light. And here we are. All these things that are being unveiled, the curtains being pulled away and we're finally seeing things for what they are and... The absurdity and grotesque Giuliani forcing his employee to have oral sex with him oh boy, and then that's calling her word his say. daughter. Oh, my God. That's weird. He also married his cousin. This is so... These people are so sick. That's America's mayor, ladies and gentlemen. And yet they're obsessed with me and drag queens performing. I, I swear to God. That's all a distraction from them. Yeah. We're easy targets. Of course. Well, because everything you do, because you, you're a gay man, everything you do sexually is wrong. But everything they do sexually is like, well, that's what we're meant to do, right? Gross. Not not really. Not and you're doing it. Trump was sued successfully by E. Jean Carroll. That's true. He Can't was. quite call him a rapist, yet he's a rapist. Well, she won... The suit for him, like $2 million for him having, uh, un, what, what was the charge? Sexually abused her. Well, I know, but what was the charge? And then defamation. Well, I, that's what I'm saying, but, but it's not the sexually abusing. There was language to it. Well, we're not lawyers, so. Well, I know that, but. but Skipping but, forward. Call your mom. Oh, my God. Here's a cell phone. Call gonna, Judge no, Judy. No, I'm not going to call my mom. Right now, I'm the one who's inconvenienced. <laughs> okay. okay so. No, no. What I mean is that that we can call him something. Let's name it. So let's 
figure out what exactly a that sexual was. sexual predator? A that's sexual what, abuser? Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, and I think that that's what it was. Like, he, he was charged with uh, some sort of unlawful sexual... And then at the CNN... Or sexual abuse or something like that. And at the CNN infomercial with Anderson. That was disgusting. Was Anderson it? Cooper... No, he is, wasn't there. Anderson, no, he, he wasn't some other, there. But that, in, that infomercial, he was defaming her again. Here's the thing. That whole... It was a very... I tuned in for a moment and then I tuned out because it was very confusing. Because what it was, it felt like... It felt like we were at a Trump rally, right? No, hold on. Stay with me. It felt like we were at a tr- Trump rally, but like they decided to bring in like a CNN anchor and just sit her down and everybody in the room was against her. It felt like that. Like she was trying. She was like trying to hold the line and be like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And so we got to just correct him and at every possible moment. But then it was like the audience was in on it. Yeah. And that CN- was the worst part. CNN has drastically damaged its reputation in journalism because of that. Well, and then I want to talk about Anderson Cooper. Because, oh my God. I hate her. I know you don't like Anderson Cooper. Ugh. He, you have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is going to make that person go away? Shut up! On the Richter but, scale, he doesn't measure up to Elon Musk, but he's like maybe on a scale of one to ten, I give my dis- disdain for him a four. Right. And well, and here's the reason why I have decided that he has lost his credibility with me. Because he no longer is giving me the news. He is telling me what news I need to believe. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's a huge turnoff. It's a, well, yeah. And, and when I saw that, I was just like, okay. And and when he's like, oh, you know, you gotta, he's the front runner. We have to. And I'm just like, no, we don't. And now I'm going to decide not to follow CNN anymore. And I'm going to go probably to a more, you know, moderate and more trustworthy like ABC or NBC. Well, I recommend Rachel Maddow. I don't recommend Rachel Maddow for the same reason but, you know, and the other thing is I haven't given her enough time to really make a judgment. I just, my experience with her has been similar to uh, kind of Tucker Carlson in terms of sometimes she leaves me with a lot more questions than answers. And I don't like that because she's not spewing facts. She's spewing questions and conspiracies. And that's my problem with Rachel Maddow. Hmm. Watch this space. Do your parents agree with you? About what? Rachel Maddow? I don't talk to politics about them. I, I don't see my parents that often enough to talk politics with them. I wish I would see them more. God I, damn it, Rick. I, you brought some feels out. I have it on good authority. Oh, boy. That they are tremendous fans. Oh, they love Rachel, Rachel Maddow. Maddow. I know yes. that. Yeah. I know I know that. Yeah. You would get along great with my parents. I mean, you you did. Mm-hmm. You've met them. So, and I got to meet our only fan, our only viewer slash listener, Paul. Oh, that's right, my younger brother. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> he appears older than you. Not physically, but he acts like he's 40. Talks like he's 40. You know what's funny? When he was a baby, we always said he was a 40-year-old man in a 4-year-old's For real? Body. I could see that. Yeah. It was kind of hilarious, yeah. Yeah, we just, just got to get some alcohol on him and loosen him up a little bit and put a, a Nintendo Switch in front of him and he'll be back to oh, his age. Oh, great, yeah. That's what is great. he, 25? <laughs> no, he's two years younger than me, so he'd be 33. Yeah. Oh, sh- no, 32. So, you know, Anderson Cooper, ugh, and... Elon Musk was on CNBC, and the reporter asked him some direct questions regarding his behavior. I'm trying to be very PC. What do you mean behavior? Explain his behavior. His Twitter behavior. Okay. What specific Twitter behavior? Because I haven't been following him because I don't really follow Twitter, although you can follow me at Tim Breaks It Down. And you can follow Rick at Richter underscore Riolo. <laughs> underscore. Okay, so I want to play this for you. Okay. There we go. I gotta stop tapping the table. Well, I'm looking for it because I want to make sure I quote it properly. But I mean, you know what you wrote. But 
You basically. It reminds me of Magneto. This is like, you know, calm down, people. This is not like made a pedal well, case s- out of it. <laughs> you also, you, know, <laughs> you said he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization, and Soros hates humanity. Like when you do something like that, do you? Yeah, think I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. Okay, but why share it? Why share it? Especially, be, I mean, why share it when people who buy Teslas may not agree with you, advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. Um, why not just say, hey, I think this. You can tell me. We can talk about it over there. You can tell your friends. But why share it widely? I mean, uh, I, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I want. You wanted. absolutely are. But I'm trying to understand why you do, because you have to know it's got a there. It puts you in, a, in the middle of a, the partisan divide in the country. It makes you a, a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? I you know, people today saying he's an anti-Semite. I don't think you are. No, I'm definitely not. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a pro-Semite, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> I, I believe that probably is the case. Yes. But why would you even introduce the idea then that that would be the, the case? I, I mean, it looks, we don't want to make this a George Soros interview. No, um, God, no. I don't, so, I don't want to at uh, all. But I'm, what I'm trying, even came up though in the annual meeting. I mean, you know, do your tweets hurt the company? Are there Tesla owners who say, I don't agree with his political position because, and I know it because he shares so much of it. Or are there advertisers on Twitter that Linda Yaccarino will come and say, you got to stop, man. Or, you know, I can't get these ads because of some of the things you tweet. So awkward. You know, I'm reminded of uh, the, the, the scene in The Princess Bride, great movie, great movie. Um, where he confronts the person who killed his father, and he says, I'm, I, My name is offer me Lee. money, oh, offer me money, offer me power, I don't care. Look at the way he looks, right here. Look at that. So you just don't care. You want to share what you have to say. I'll say what I want to say, and if if if, uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. Okay. But I mean, when you when you when you link to somebody who's talking about the guy who killed children in a mall in in Allen, Texas, and you. You say something like it might be a bad psyop. I'm not quite sure what you meant, but oh, in, in that particular case, uh, there was uh, a uh, somehow that, that that's not 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 that the the, the, the that the, obviously people people were killed, but the it was I think incorrectly ascribed to be a white supremacist action. Um, and the evidence for that uh, was some obscure Russian website that no one's ever heard of that had no followers. Um, and the, the, the company that, came, that found this is Bellingcat. Right. And do you know what Bellingcat does? PsyOps. Right. I couldn't really even follow exactly what it was you were trying to express there, so that's in part why I was curious. I'm, but I'm saying that I thought this, the, 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 the ascribing it to white supremacy was bullshit. Okay. And and, uh, and 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 that the information for that uh, came from an obscure Russian website and was somehow magically found by Bellingcat, which is a company that does psyops. And there's no proof, by the way, that he was not. There's no. Pr- I, I would say that there's no proof that he is. Yet he had a tattoo. And that's a debate you want to get into chest. on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yes. Because we should not be ascribing things to white supremacy uh, if if, they're, if it's false. All right, so that whole interview thing with Elon Musk was—I mean, it was a disturbing. It well, so I mean, it, it kind of—I mean, it, but but it confirmed kind of what we all thought. Like he—he's hmm. the fact. The fact of the matter is—is is that he has so much power that he doesn't. He kind of views the rest of the world like ants, right? Just doesn't care. That's the thing. He just doesn't care. It's very dangerous. Well, yeah, it is. I think when it comes to his tweets, uh, the a question that needs to be answered too is like, do you just not care that you are playing with people's lives? Right. That's what it needs to ask. Like it, it, your actions directly, if like some of them like can tank the stock and there goes goes people's money. 
right? The and people that worked at Twitter. The people who worked at Twitter. You came in and blew up their entire world. And you, your response is, I just don't care. So are you telling the world that you have no feelings? <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with you? I mean, and that might be the thing. Maybe there is something wrong with him. And the, the, the reality is, is we let this psychopath kind of take over our economy. Uh, my friend Sally, who also watches it's our the podcast. Economy, stupid. And he's interesting. Yeah. Sally says that that long, creepy, awkward silence mm-hmm. was because of Musk's autism. Maybe. It's possible. But I also think, like, I, when I was watching it, because I, I do this with my students, too. I'll ask them a question, and I know they they know that they ha- they're, they're, they're on, they're, they're towing, they're, they're, like, dancing along a moral, like, line, whether or not they're going to respond. And, and I ask these kind of questions, you know, where it tests your moral standing and you're kind of puts you at, on the spot, right? And they, y- you sit there and you, you process, well, if I say this, how is the world going to view me? And at the same time, what's my end goal? So there's a lot of, there's, there's, there's wait time that needs to happen. And to the credit to David Faber, because he executed this flawlessly, was the wait time. When he asked the question, he allowed that awkward moment for Elon to sit there and process and go, this is going to shape the way people look at me. And I'm just going to tell them, I don't care what you think. And here's the reality. I think he does. He cares so much about how other people see him that he manipulates everybody so that the attention's always on him. He's just kind of like Donald Trump. That's why he likes Donald Trump so much, I think, because they both kind of have the same personality where they just want attention. Like, he needs to have it. Why do these billionaires seem to have this disconnect? Because they want attention. That's what they want. They want power. They want money. They want, you know, affirmation. What feels good? Money feels good because something's missing. And they're trying to fill a void, maybe. I think that that's what happened is Elon Musk kind of got backed into a corner and he tried to make himself look like a tough guy because he got called out for something that was terrible and it looks terrible. And he, instead of taking accountability for it, decided to just say, it, I don't care. And that's what my students do. And it's an interesting day when I see those students go from I don't care to I do care because it's a drastic change because either something happens or they finally just get it. And I don't think that Elon Musk has reached that point yet. He's kind of at that spot. Who do you think is more dangerous? Elon Muskina or... Donald H. Christ. Which one? Is Which worse? one's more dangerous? Yes, right now as we speak. Elon Musk. Because Elon Musk has a lot more power. Donald Trump has dick. Right now he has nothing. I mean, he has yeah. his, his base, but he's not president. And Stormy said that dick ain't all that great. Oh, my God. It's more like a giant shiitake mushroom. There it is. That's it. Anyway. So yeah, 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 I think yeah, yeah, he's, he's more dangerous. And he's, he. I mean, like, but but at the same time, like... Push that force for good. I mean, yeah, we got some Teslas out of it. We got electric cars. Maybe we're going to go to space. But at the same time, like, yeah, maybe we're getting to a point where he's... Hitler gave us the Volkswagen. Oh, my God, he did. And he gave us working, you know, um, ovens. My uncle had one of those. Said it was great. I think it caught on gave fire us once, though. working gas chambers. Oh, those, yeah. Ooh, that was awful. Still, um, I mean, you... Yeah. And he's defending that killer. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, for, I, I here's the thing. I think I see where he sees the conspiracy, and he's like, great, attention, here we go. PSYOPs, what the hell's that? Like, uh, they do, like, um, like, undercover stuff. I think what will happen is, like, we'll see things like that interview where we realize that Elon Musk is not normal and that maybe we need to be a little more careful at how we respond to him, right? And so I think he'll start to lose his gravitas. I think that what he said is one of those things that's going to get him in trouble with his company. Uh, And I think he'll try to, you know, 
buy his way out of everything. But I think in the end, eventually he'll, I mean, he, and he might not, he might keep going and he might take us to space and maybe he'll, you know, go to Mars and explode. Who knows? But maybe either way, he could either die off or go to Mars as long as he's gone. I just can't wait for blue sky social to come online by Jack Dorsey because then all the commerce Titan giants will jump well, and that's, what I think, what's going to kill him because, oh, yes, and, and it'll be great because everybody's going to go, okay, here's a fresh space free of all this controversy yes. and it's regulated. Yes. Right? We'll all get on it and we'll just start over. Right. Come back to us, oh, Jack. It's going to blow up. Bring your beard. Mm. I'm getting tired of the fight. But then if I turn off everything and not pay any attention to what's happening in the world mm-hmm. and just focus it on my own bubble life. Uh-huh. And if things really blow up and get bad, I don't want to be not prepared, you know? I want to be able to be able to knock on your door and say, hey, Tim, hide me in your attic. You now have two dogs. That's true. <laughs> Seriously. No, I mean, can I, you imagine you're living in Florida? Look at the the new, um, we used to call it white flight back in California. Oh, when, yeah. Uh, but now it's- mm-hmm. uh, The brain drain. It's just human flight happening in Florida. When we first told people that we were moving away from Florida, a lot of people we told were just genuinely shocked. Oh, but you love living so close to your dad and you love being able to visit. Yeah, I did. Aren't you going to be sad that you're not going to be Disney annual pass holders anymore and you're not going to be able to visit whenever you want? Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Aren't you going to miss being able to go to theme parks whenever you want on like a random Thursday afternoon? Yeah. Yeah, I am. The thing is, is that we knew what Ron DeSantis was going to do today. We knew he was going to do it. We just didn't know when. We knew that he was going to start with this whole, oh, no, you can't talk about gender identity with little kids because that makes the most sense and is logical to a lot of people. I have feelings about that, but that's neither here nor there right now. And we knew he was going to use that as a gateway so that way he could expand it across all public schools up to 18. We knew this was happening. And to that, I say, how do you expect me to be able to raise kids in a state where they can't openly talk about their two non-binary parents in school? How can I raise smart and accepting kids when the place that they spend eight hours a day, five days a week simply isn't? I love Disney, but I love my rights more. Full stop. Get the hell out of Florida. If you're planning a visit, cancel it. If you live there and you are able to leave, do it now. Ron DeSantis has passed some extreme, extreme legislation down there. We've all heard about it. We saw it coming. A lot of people have already fled Florida, but it is now law. It is now law that if you have a transgendered child, the state can take them from you. Yeah, so what we see and what I predict happening in our future is a brain drain from the red states to the blue states. Because as these restrictions and human rights go down, uh, then, you know, you, you get a narrower set of skills because anybody who can afford to move out to a place where they have better rights are going to. Yeah. Right. And that's the unfortunate thing. The other thing is that, uh, then you're left with, uh, the people who, who can't afford to move out, which is the poor people. And they're stuck with doctors who believe that they can just pray things away. Yeah. I envy that you're not a target. That's right. I'm white. And, and a male. And heterosexual. And heterosexual. I'm all of the things. Yeah. Mm. I guess I could play straight, but I have a whole history of me being openly homosexual throughout my entire life. That wouldn't fly. No. Well, and the other thing is this, and I've, I've been saying it since the beginning of social media, is, and, and it's going to be even worse with AI, because then they'll be able to say, okay, AI, I want you to tell me everybody who doesn't agree with me. And they'll be able to go through your social media and see what your political bias is. And they'll be able to rate you. And they'll be able to weed everybody out that they don't like. So let's say some crazy right wing or even some crazy left wing uh, group gets a hold of an algorithm that then they can, you know, say, go through social media and find or what if the government actually, honestly, I'm not scared of the government doing it. I'm scared of private companies and stuff because they're probably already doing it. But then they can say, we can target the people. Well, this already happened. We had January 6th. Yeah. Holy cow. We go in circles. But AI is going to amp it up like to a next level because now it's 
public, and now everybody has the opportunity to do something nefarious with it. So, for the sake of just discussion, okay, and we can wrap this up. We go on let's, forever. Let's foresee the worst case scenario. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Okay, Trump wins the presidential election or steals it successfully. Whatever he, Trump a- gains power. Yes. What will happen then? There'll be no more elections in our country. No, there won't. Uh, because he'll want to be like, okay, now I got to extend myself to another term. But he'll also be really old. But he's still, there's longevity in that family. Uh, is there? Oh, yeah. Ooh. So he's doing fine. Gross. Well, I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe he wants to like keep his family legacy going and like tries to get everybody to go after Don Jr. Ooh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I'm being serious. I am too. What would happen? Would he turn into like Mussolini? There goes the media. Probably. Uh, well, and would maybe it be martial the- law. He wanted to do martial law, but they wouldn't let him. Oh, I don't think anybody will let him do martial law. I don't think he he could gain that much power. But what he would do is exactly what he did before is, you know, just cause as much lasting chaos as he can. Like we did to do our judicial branch. All the judges he appointed. All that conservatism. We have such a conservative judicial system right now because of him. And it's bad because look at this. we're, We're fighting over... Drugs that have been, you know, in our community for 20 years, which is stupid. We're fighting over in 2023 that should have been done with and dealt with in like the 1960s. We're just going back in time is all. And that's the thing is it's preventing us from moving forward. I mean, it's preventing some parts from moving forward. We're, we're still moving forward in terms of like weapons. <laughs> Could this be the greatest trial our country has ever faced? I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, there's. That isn't war related. That isn't war related? I don't the know. The internal who. strife, the internal conflict, the division, the president inciting an insurrection. I think it is the greatest. We did threat. at one point have a civil war. I'm saying without war, take the war out. Civil war, you know. I mean, let's go back. To like women's suffrage. Let's go back to the civil rights movement that's still going on. This, I think, is bad from our perspective because it's affecting us the most. It's affecting our white privilege. Not you. No, it's not really. Well, Mm -mm, you'd be fine in any state right now. (laughs) You and your wife and your family. (laughs) But if your wife was, if your wife was, I would be fine, but my family would not. If your wife was uh, a person of color, or if your wife identified as a wife, okay, <laughs> the trans you. thing, no, you know, but okay, still, but, but, then, or or you have to understand too that my wife is a woman, so she lacks some rights in some states. I also have two daughters. There are some states that I will never live in because, like, they're second class citizens there, and they can get married at a very young age in some of those states. Yeah. Don't let them work for Rudy Giuliani. No. Happy New Year, Tim. Happy New Year, Rick. Good God. Do you have any New Year's resolutions or intentions? Do I have any New Year's resolutions or intentions? Oh, I have some intentions, if you know what I mean. But I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I have given up drinking soda as best I can. You saw my refrigerator. You're right. I kind of... Forced you into that one. Yeah, it's going to help with my weight loss. Mm-hmm. And what have you been doing? Uh, I've been exercising more. And I know that sounds cliche, but I also started exercising before New Year's. I just want to state that. Uh, so my goal is to keep up on my exercise and maybe eventually do a pull-up. Do you see a lot of hot guys at the gym? I don't usually scope out the dudes. You can tell when there's a hottie and there's a naughty. John Cena, hot, Donald H. Christ, not. They put the ellipticals right behind the Stairmasters.
I don't know why. And you're and on the elliptical. And I'm on the elliptical, so I just have whoever's on the Stairmaster. So I got oh. that angle, so everybody's a hottie from where I'm at. The problem is, is then the TVs, you got to look in between the Stairmasters to see the TVs. So I'm watching CNN, but everybody on the Stairmaster keeps looking behind them like, this asshole staring at my asshole. I don't know if you guys have noticed that I've been watching our podcast, but we generally wear a lot of Star Wars t-shirts. We do, and I don't know if you guys can notice, but right here is Rick's hand in my shot every single time. Just so you know. I just realized, because you do a lot of this, and there's a lot of like you flying this. I'm just letting you know. Get the... Ow! Oh, God. <laughs> that was the gayest how I've ever done in my entire life. And I've had anal sex. Oh, my God damn. <laughs> oh, that took a weird turn. We tend to wear Star Wars t-shirts quite a bit. Yes, we do. Oh. <laughs> Gee, I am so shocked. Loser. I am. Imagine if we did a Star Wars podcast. Oh, trademark. One of millions. There's a lot of them out there. Sure. And all they do is bitch. Oh, but they do. Have you heard of the Den of Nerds? To be fair, whenever we talk about Star Wars, all you do is bitch. Well, I have an excuse. That's true. <laughs> I'm a gay man. He's just bitchy, I guess. I've just about had enough of you. There have been nine Skywalker films. Okay. Out of the nine, which mm-hmm. one was your favorite? Out of the nine, which one was my favorite? Good God. Oh, that, how do you choose? I'm going back to my experience with all of them, right? So my first experience with Star Wars was in the theater. We watched them. Um, it's the reanimated version. The right? special edition. Special editions. So we went and we saw those in the theater, and those were cool. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. I remember seeing the ones that they redid when I was like, I don't know how old I was when the uh, the first one came out, number one. Episode one Episode was in 1999. One, 1999. Jesus, so I was... Oh, no! 11. Me so back. And it was cool. I was entertained by it. Wasn't my favorite, uh, but it was neat. Mine was... And is and will always be The Empire Strikes Back. In fact, that is the one movie I always pop on. The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Why? Because it was a deeper story, and good yeah. guys were getting their butt kicked, and Darth Vader revealed himself to Luke Skywalker as his father. And Él me dijo que tú lo mataste. No. Yo soy tu padre. Some pretty it really was the climax fantastic. of the story, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was amazing. Return of the Jedi had its moments, but to me, it was the Empire Strikes Back. You know, I think when it goes back to it, it was always a new hope. The very first? The very first, because it's that first experience you have with yeah. it. You came nothing? You're braver than I thought. Nice, come on. It's the familiar story, hmm. uh, and the good guys win, boom. Although, um, I did like the Return of the Jedi. And I think it came down to, at the time, I just liked the, the action, the effects, all the, the cool stuff. Now, when Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, I was 12 years old. And I think one of the telltale signs of me being gay was me dressing up as an Ewok for Halloween. <laughs> and I think there's a picture of it, too. Oh, my God. It's right here when he finds it. <laughs> Straight boys would dress up as Evil Knievel or Dale Earhart and me and Ewok. Here's this little fuzzy teddy bear. That's kind of a red flag. Yeah. Rainbow flag. However you want to look at it. (laughs) 1983, Madonna was just coming out. I could have dressed like her. You could have. Hey, 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 come on, Vogue. The new movies that came out with uh, J.J. Abrams, Ruin Johnson... And J.J. Abrams again. Yes. Did you like them? Were you upset with them as much as I was? Uh, 
Yeah, because I felt like they were taking us somewhere, but they never really got us somewhere. It was like, okay, where are we going with this? Let's keep going. And then, so, so the first movie, it was cool. It was like they set you up, right? And they set you up for all these storylines. And then the next movie comes in, and they didn't pick up on any of the storylines. Well, yeah, all Ruin Johnson did was pull pull down his pants and take a big dump on Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> God, I guess Literally. you could say that. No, he yeah. was a brilliant cinematographer. Those shots he made, beautiful. They were, they were gorgeous. Fantastic. It was, it was very, very well done. He, he um, should have been just the cameraman and the story director of photography. Was not so bad on the second one because I didn't understand it. I was like, "What the heck is this?" Like the whole tension between uh, what was the uh, Kylo Ren? No, Ray? No. Finn. Finn and... The Asian Girl Rose. The Asian Girl Rose. Mm. That whole thing, like, that was there, but then it wasn't, like, developed. It went nowhere. It went nowhere. There was no point for that storyline. There was, other than... Let's show Space Vegas. Yeah, I mean... And a strange horse race. Well, and 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 that that kind of sucked because they, they it was a missed opportunity for, like, development. Like, they could have... They missed it. It was a missed... It was a missed opportunity. But they put the oh. seeds of magic in there... That did not grow to a beautiful tree. For right. example, that little boy, the slave boy that sure. helps them, at the end is revealed to have the force and mm-hmm. uses the force of the broom. Yeah. That would have been a perfect reason to explain why Luke went off the deep end was because his family got killed or taken from him. So why was it then, this is this would have been a great topic for Let's Trigger Richter. What caused, uh, what was the director? Ryan Johnson, but I call him Ruin Johnson. So what what caused Ryan Johnson to do such a terrible job? I think he's arrogant. Okay. And ignorant. And he um, was given a free pass to do whatever he wanted. And so he thought, I'm just going to make a bunch of really cool shots and string them together however and I want. And turn Luke into an absolute intergalactic that abandons his sister. Sure. When he never abandoned Darth Vader. It was just, oh my God. You're like, it's not meant for us. These movies were never meant for no. us. They're meant for a whole new generation. It was. And in in what generation? Why why would they make Luke like and that's the thing. Like who who was their audience? Who was his audience? Yeah, they were still aiming towards twelve year old boys and now girls. <laughs> yeah. So they succeeded with enticing the girls with the whole Raylo thing. It's still ongoing on the internet, Ray and Ben Solo, that whole love story. That's a thing? It's a huge thing. And I don't think it's bad. It's one of the better things that came out of the sequels. Sure, because the only thing that came out of the bad boys. Right. right? But yeah. I I think The Force Awakens was the best film out of those three. Somehow Palpatine returned. (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing. Like going back to that whole thing, like they created again. The opportunity for a story to be told with Ray and yeah. Kylo Ren, and it would have been a really cool story to tell. Uh, again, a missed opportunity because it all came down to action scenes. He wanted to be Transformers. You know who's a good director when it comes to sequels? James Cameron. Oh. Terminator 2. Okay, yeah. And Aliens. Okay. To me, they were better than the original films. He recently did Avatar 2 The Way of Water. Did you see it? Uh-oh. So we're going to do uh, Let's Trigger Richter. And uh, this one is right up your alley. The new Matrix, Avatar 2. Mm. I wasn't impressed by either of them. Yeah. You know what? The Matrix movie was more about the girl. What was her name? Trinity. Yeah. Which was cool. But instead of making it all about getting Neo back, make it about her and have Neo come in at the end like they did with Luke Skywalker at the end of The Force Awakens. Sure. That would have been a better movie. I agree. Uh, Avatar 2. <laughs> Boy. Here we go. James Cameron does have that reputation for making excellent sequels. He's been lucky. Terminator 2, Aliens. Had a lot of high hopes for Avatar 2. To me, it was just Free Willy meets the Titanic. It was an extension of the first Avatar. Same script, same cast. Quaritch is the bad guy. They found a way to bring him back. So instead of fighting 
Neytiri, now he's fighting Jake Sully. And it's just... <sighs> the movie began to have some magic at the end when Quaritch's son, Spider, saves him. And he realizes that he's been saved by his son. There was a change in the character. And that's when the movie ended. Right. That would have been like, for instance, when The Empire Strikes Back, when Darth Vader tells Luke, no, I am your father. Right. He could have killed Luke. He didn't. And when Vader says, no, I, end of movie. Where's the rest? We needed more of Quaritch's Little dilemma of not being such the bad guy. Well, that let me slow you down here because you're a bit triggered. Um, <laughs> it sucked. It did. Um, and but I think at the same time you have to remember he's trying to stretch this across five movies, which is exhausting. And I blame Marvel. Um, okay. Yes, that's a very good analogy. Right, because it's going back to. He's trying to take that series and turn it into a comic book series where there's all these different volumes and all these different stories and all these different things. And it's just, there's not enough. It needs to be maybe three movies. Like that specific spot you're talking about would have been great right in the middle of the movie. Perfect. Yes. Right in the middle. And then you're right. And then we have some development after that because there needs to be more more to it, right? Because all we got was, oh, they came to a new place and, oh, they're assimilating. That's cool. Let's spend half the movie assimilating into this new place, even though we know that the bad guys are right behind them and they're going to blow the shit up, right? So now I'm triggered, Rick. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Well, and the humans are once again the bad guys. Right. All the time. Humans aren't always the bad guys. We can't be. Human beings aren't always the bad guys. Human beings aren't always the bad guys, no. But guess um, what? <gasps> Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Adele song. Rumor has it. Avatar 3, the Ash people, I think that's what they're calling the movie, are going to be dealing with volcanic Navi, and they're not going to be good guys. So they're changing it up finally in Avatar 3. They're going to make the... the, So that to uh, me is going to be the real sequel. Right. Avatar 2 to me is not a sequel. It's just an extended edition of the first movie. Sure. And it's long and it's just setting setting people up. Here's the thing. I I was kind of like meh throughout the, the movie up until that ending part where like the ship crashed and that whole scene, that was where it got, you're right. Right at the end is where, where it got good. And you could really tell the underwater scenes with the bubbles and all that stuff. And it was nice. But that part when spider says, don't let go. It was right out of Titanic as they're going down into the water. When the ship was sinking, (laughs) that was just like the biggest eye roll in the theater. Everybody groaned. Oh my God. See Cameron wanted to have his Titanic part two, I guess he had Kate Winslet in this movie. Did he? Who was she? Kate Winslet was in Titanic Rose. No, and she that. was also the the tribal mama, the one that was pregnant. Oh, no kidding. That was her. I don't, don't know her name. Another issue. I, okay, I'm going to tell you the good things about the movie once I finish shredding this. He's triggered. <laughs> the two sons of Jake Sully, can't tell you their names. They both looked alike to me. Uh-huh. They should have given one of them brown eyes or something they to di- all, differentiate them they all have yellow eyes except for the water navi people they have blue eyes give since jake sully's kids have four uh, have four fingers and a thumb they should have given one of them brown eyes or give him a distinctive face tattoo or something something, something because needed. here's the thing but here's the other thing too it was so predictable that whole situation with the brother because the whole movie they were developing every single character as if they're ready to create a new story and they didn't develop jack with that kid you just knew they were leaving him behind he wasn't gonna make it out of this movie (laughs) and it it, it sucked because it's like okay so i i'm not gonna create this like relationship with him because i know he's gonna die and on top of that his brother is kind of a, a loser um it just it was frustrating. It was a frustrating dynamic because it was just so predictable. The wonderful things about the film, special effects, there's no touching it. Yeah, it was fantastic. fantastic. Music was great. When that ship jumped, when it was crashing, oh, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic... Although I will say this, there was, when it came around the island, 
like that scene was the same shot they had when oh yeah when the, and I was just like oh my god that was just when the airship yeah, yeah. The airship. Like, ah. yeah special effects there's no getting better than that no um, well and that is the problem that's what triggered me Rick that's why I put this in here because it goes back to like the Matrix right why was the Matrix so amazing every single time because every single time it it produce something new a new technology it was the first time they had a fight with everybody in cgi that was like <laughs> matrix number two um and yeah it was cool but then this next one came out and it was just let's just make fun of the matrixes that we made and keanu Reeves was like that's all we can do we can just make fun of it now the reason why that movie was made was because the movie studios were going to do it with or without the wykowski sisters right they told lana the director we're going to do it with or without you and so she's like, over my dead body. So that's her franchise. I get it. That's her mm-hmm. thing. And I'm glad she stepped up to the plate and did it. Yeah. But yeah. But it could have been better. Oh, of course. Well, because I, I, and I also feel like there was a lot of, you know, smite. And there, and there was no cookies from the Oracle. Yeah. And nothing was right as rain. Right. And here's the thing. They could have done it. They could have done it. Here, here's my thing. Like it, there was, there were moments where like people were like thrown through like a pillar then have them grab the person, pull them back through the pillar again and rebuild the pillar real quick and then throw them through the pillar a second time. You know, do something <laughs> stupid, right. do something outrageous. That's what makes the movie so good right. is they push the envelope of what the heck happened. And in the matrix, your mind is literally in control. So it's just like, I'm going to build up a brick wall and throw right. you through it. I want to see that. In this next segment, Rick and Tim riff on a few serious things that they have experienced in the previous year. All right, so what did 2022 bring for us? Let's start with personally. What did it bring for you personally? 2022 showed me that I can attend a university and complete a full semester with excellent grades, despite the animosity I was perceiving from Generation Z. Yeah, screw you, kids. (laughs) Because I had always dropped out of college. Uh, I even attempted to attend UNLV back in Las Vegas when I was living there, and I couldn't finish a semester at UNLV, and I always felt ashamed about it. Now at Portland State University, I now have three terms slash semesters under my belt. And I have one more to go and two more classes. 2022 has been a Band-Aid on my personal views of myself. So I, I think better of myself now because I was able to accomplish it. I'll feel even better when I graduate. So what about you? Um, you know, it's been a roller coaster. Started off, and I think you remember this, with one of my students getting shot. So, like, the first homicide in my city of 2022. It was really, really, I focused a lot on my work. And it was trying to rebuild what COVID messed up. And also, it was building something new that, that we needed that... We probably, I probably would have tried to build had COVID not come through. At the end of the day, like 2022, felt like we were charging along because you, we started out with the death of one of my students and then, uh, rebuild of our entire school system. Basically, uh, it ended with the death of uh, a kid I went to high school with just Christmas Eve, crashed his truck into a tree and died. So it's been rough. It's a rough year. Yeah. Uh, and then also a newspaper article came out about uh, the students in our, or the, the kids in our community and how gun violence has affected them. And that's uh, personal to me because I was featured in it. I work closely with a lot of those kids in our community. 2022 sucked. Although, let's go back though, uh, because this is the thing. Uh, in my line of work, you come home and you, you just... You have to go, whoa, I just got to go through all the things that sucked because that's what we just both focused on. But then you have to look at it and go, okay, what were the positives that came out of 2022? No, mine was positive. Yours was positive. Mine was not. Uh, So the positives for mine, uh, you know, I'm thinking, thinking. Number one. Number one. You created, helped create 
a podcast. I helped create a podcast. Yeah, I did. That's great. We did that. So I stepped out of my comfort zone and did something new. Uh, yeah. Is it getting easier? It's getting a lot easier. I mean, it, the nice thing is learning how it goes. I'd like to learn all the editing and stuff at some point because, I mean, this is easy. We're figuring it out. Yeah. We started in the dining room. <laughs> we did. In, and moved into our studio. That's right. It's wonderful. You survived COVID. We survived COVID. We, well, COVID you, was already you caught it, right? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have it bad. It but, wasn't like I. Survived, it, it, I mean, but it's not a survival. I mean, I survived it, but it's not like it, I. I don't even think I had barely any symptoms. So, but you tested positive. I did test positive. Yeah. When I was sick with bronchitis over the summer, I tested and it was negative. But I had a big pink. Plus, so I was like, oh, oh God. boy. In Z formation. Apparently, the COVID test also tests if you're gay. Oh, boy. Look at that. What was yours? What was your... Uh... It was negative. Sorry, Richter. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Rick is thirsty. You're gay until he proves otherwise. Yes. In the court of Richter, you are gay until you're proven straight. And I've not had a good track record lately. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's going on? The January 6th committee finished. They delivered did. a report. Donald Trump got busted for the documents that he stole from the National Archives. That's huge. So, uh, the war in Ukraine. War in Ukraine. Good gravy. But here's uh, the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. Okay. It sucks, but it's really good for our military industrial complex. Yeah, because I guess there was that new Senate bill that passed. Right. And it's going to help us out there, blah, blah, blah. It's going to help everybody. And here's why. Because Ukraine is going to get weapons they need. And United States manufacturers and weapons companies and all their partners and business people are going to say, great, go ahead and start ordering the new stuff and we'll start making it because you're going to need to replace all that stuff you're just giving away. Yeah. And so what it's doing is it's jumpstarting our economy. And if I remember correctly, what the, they, the, the, the people who basically set up the military industrial complex were brilliant because they put a little bit of everything in every single state. So like if there's a battleship, it's like built parts from all over the country. And what that does is it, it makes it so nobody ever wants to get rid of it because everybody benefits from it. I think for the world, the one tremendously positive thing that happened this year was the James Webb telescope. Yes, that was cool. That was exciting. And the second thing was the Artemis test launch, which went wonderfully around, yeah. up and over and around the moon and back. So it really was a year for space and exploration of space. Yeah. We're going back to the moon, baby. And on top of that, now we have a clear view and vision of you know everything, which is cool. I wonder what kind of telescope they're working on now to send out there after this one. You know they are. Oh, sure. The universe. For all we have learned about it, we have only just begun to reveal its secrets. I hope in my lifetime that we'll see photos, clearer photos, not obviously HD quality, but something of what's orbiting around Alpha Centauri, our closest stellar neighborhood star. Supposedly there's planets around Proxima B. I've heard that. So, yeah, we've seen planets with the... Kepler thing and the magnification, et cetera, et cetera, from other star systems very far away. But I want to see what's in our backyard. I, I think in my lifetime we'll see it. Yeah. Then I die. Then you die. <laughs> yeah, at the age of 85. But she on CNN. And this is something I think we've talked about, but I don't know if we talked about it on the show. But what if you have the option to stick around for a little longer, like download your consciousness into like the yeah, internet? Did. Yeah. Uh, mm. Then never the f mind. But uh, if you can have your family with you as well. Yeah. But if you're last man standing, you don't want to do it. No, I wouldn't want to. That's like more of the torture. So it, unless it was my career and it was my job, it was my passion to do something like that. But um, sure. ask me again in a year. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, your mind might change. And that's yeah. the important thing to remember from this show is that you have to understand that 
as creatures, we're always evolving. And if you don't allow yourself the space to evolve your thinking and, and change evolve your, mind. your ideas and change your Be mind, objective. that's what it is. Yes. Humanity, I don't know who said this. I'm sure somebody did. Uh, it's been said out there before, but humanity has made it this far using one really cool tool, the mistake. <laughs> Right? Because you make a mistake, and then it fixes itself now, and do it better the next time. People want to know, Tim. Okay. Why did you decide to become an educator? I like teaching because there was a an innocence to it, I guess. You could shape and help put these kids on the right track. And I just saw a lot of trauma, hmm. and so I just kind of stuck with it. I just thought, you know, because I grew up in in, in privilege, I suppose. Uh, and there wasn't ever a real big struggle. And there was a lot that I grew up with. And, and I, I get, I'm Catholic, Rick. I felt guilty. So I decided to stick with teaching to help. To, I'm a white savior. What do you want me to say? I'm rambling. Let's jump back here. Let me, <laughs> let me restart. <laughs> Are you hopeful now? With this past election being over? Yeah, I am. Well, I'm hopeful because here's the reality. Like, it's bad. And people are suffering, and it's starting to affect people now. I mean, look at the interest rates. And so people are now noticing. Here's where I see belief systems. People are very much stuck to their ideas. They don't allow themselves to grow. Their dogma, yeah. And that's the problem. And people are getting tired of the fight I'm tired of fighting with you Battle because, <laughs> well, and that's the thing. We go back to like, again, politics. What does every politician say that I'm going to go to Washington and I'm going to fight for you, yeah. right? It's always a fight. I don't want to go fight anymore. And I think that's what's happening with like Russia and Ukraine. It's like, well, and uh, no, they just don't want to fight. It's not because of anything other than. One man's greed. Russia would have been fine without Ukraine. Yes, there's the argument that uh, it's basically the Cuba of Russia. <laughs> well. Not Mexico? No. You're talking about size? No, I'm talking about the political situation. Russia put nukes on our doorstep. In Cuba. Oh, way back when. Way back yes, when. I think we talked about battle, this. The, the Bay of Pigs. Bay of Pigs. Uh, but there were the the nukes. And Kennedy negotiated those, I think it was Kennedy negotiated those out of there. Because those are right on our front door. Yeah. And so, from Russia's perspective, we're the baddies, right? And we are, if Ukraine joins NATO, which they were trying to do and have been trying to do forever, even though we were saying, no, 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 no. And we probably should have said no and, and kept things chill if we wanted things to be chill. But Russia, from their perspective, was like, well, we can't let them get nukes in Ukraine. If Ukraine joins NATO, they're going to get nukes. And so Russia used that as an idea to jump off and go and attack them. Now, if they would have gotten Kiev in three days, then yeah, they'd probably been like, let's just keep going. We'll go to the next one. Probably Moldova would have been next. I think they were talking about troops lining up there anyway. But then Ukraine was going so bad, they just chose to, you know, wait. And that would have been their, their jumping off point. I'm lost. It's okay. <laughs> I'm also starving. I'm hungry too. Uh, is there anything open right now? Everything's open. Oh, is it? Just not on Christmas. That's true. It's not. <laughs> Rick had a really sad Christmas. <laughs> Are you welling up? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Rick. I, what happened was I went out to have my Christmas dinner since I don't cook. Mm. And uh, every place I went to was closed. There was one restaurant open with one waitress with five tables and the entire restaurant's entirely open. And there's like 50 people in the lobby trying to get their name put on a list, an hour long list. So I decided to get in my car and drive around in circles for about 45 minutes until I decided to come <laughs> home and microwave some chicken. It's even sadder the second time. <laughs> oh my God. It was my fault. I went out to eat at seven o'clock at night and eh. how late that was. Then Should have gone to like a bar. Would that even open? Probably not. Maybe. I don't know, but have you seen the people that go to these bars out here in Oregon? <laughs> they, yeah, they're... I don't like to associate... I'm not talking about the weirdness, the weird, Portland no. weird. No, we're talking about the Trump. Yeah. yeah. 
You went to Christmas Eve dinner with us. Speaking of those people, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was a very good time. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It was a lovely Christmas dinner. I love Chinese restaurants on Christmas. Ah. That's Christmas Eve. That's where we go. It was good. Uh, and it's it's a delicious place, and they always have a wonderful atmosphere, and they treat us great. It was the first time I've ever had Chinese on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's like a hidden American tradition to go out and have Chinese on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Because they're, they're open. They're open. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They celebrate L- L- Lunar New Year, and, and there's other holidays yeah. that they celebrate that are more important than Christmas to them, because Christmas is a consumer holiday. Yeah. It really is. To summarize the differences in our personalities between me and you, mm-hmm. I think I've come down to two differences. I always will go no matter what for the joke at the expense of my own self-respect. That's true. Or objectification, whatever that is. But I will always go for the laugh for the joke. And my dad always used to say to me, you always got to be the clown. He's a troll. <laughs> You have a tendency, and I think it's because of your work life, you always go for the serious. Do I always go for the serious? And since I edit these shows and I hear your voice incessantly playing through my head. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, you're, you're a very serious. You have your moments of laughter and banter, but you, we, you break things down in a very serious way. It's a little rigid, but not bad, not in a bad way. It's not like Rachel Maddow because okay, she's queen of delivering oh, the sure. message. And, Here it is. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think it's important, you know, with topics not to, uh, to be, to allow humor of and course, space. Of course. There has also, to be a, uh, a balance. Right. You got to still maintain like the right. purpose. Serious question about religion. Okay. Possibly a serious answer with a serious voice. Here it comes, Rick. I'm ready. The subject of division has been, I think, groomed in us from the beginning of time. Absolutely. And religion is a wonderful example of division. You have to be with God. You got to be with God. You got to behave or you're going to go to hell and you're going to be burning for eternity, but God loves you. So it's like, oh my gosh, like that's a joke by George Carlin, but nonetheless, you get the message. Yeah, so, you have to fear God. And then, but then Satan was, according to a fallen angel. Yeah, he went to war with God, whatever. We all make mistakes. What about all about forgive? Why can't we forgive Satan? Well, why, why it is... All evil. Why do we got to objectify and say that this person's this fallen angel? We don't. Here's the thing. You're getting caught up in the semantics of it. Why do we have to separate ourselves based on the name we call God and how we act when we talk to him or whatever you want to call God, your being of choice? Why do we got to fight over that? Because it's how we maintain power. You got to get your flock. So everybody grabs everybody. And the easiest way to grab people is fear. Yeah. Religion is They're division. coming for you. The enemy is coming for you. They thought they had me. But Jesus came. But then Jesus came and saved me, which is fantastic. Uh, and and now, now I'm going to go spread that word to everybody. We need to find the song and make that the actual intro for our show. Oh, my God. Hey, Richter. You should ask me about my name. Why? Richter, tell me about your name. Uh, my dad wanted to name me after a football player in 1971. When uh-huh. My mom was pregnant. And my mom wanted to name me Victor, but my dad was sick and tired of all the Victors in our Italian family. Of course. So they came upon the name Richter. When I was looking at some uh, marriage certificate stuff of my parents... They were married someplace where someone's name was Rector. So I think maybe that kind of stuck in their head. Oh. Because my brother's name was Randall. Oh, okay. Interesting. And you, Tim, were named after a religious person. Yeah. But there's a chapter, Timothy. Oh, sure. There is, yeah. What's that chapter? It's a chapter in the Bible. Uh, What's that one verse? Oh, Timothy chapter chapter 2, verse 12. (laughs) It's the worst one in there. What is it? It basically tells women to shut up. Because the devil thought he had me. 
And Jesus came and saved me. And this bitch slapped my wife and told her to stop talking. <laughs> Jesus. And now it's time for Let's Quiz Tim. Oh, boy. What year did recreational marijuana become legal? Like legal is in like states were now states starting were now. to sell without the medical card. Recreation. Uh, I want to say okay. So if I think back real quick, just to to when I first experienced that moment where I saw my first pot shop. Where was I? Okay, and what year did I live there? So I'm going to say 2015. 2012. Ah, I was going to say 2012. Damn it. There are two states that did this. What were they? Colorado and California. Oh, Washington. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) Yes. California was slow. Yeah. Colorado and Washington. Mm. What was the longest prison term for marijuana possession? 30 years. Richard DeLezzi was arrested and sentenced in 1989 to a 90-year term on marijuana crimes. Good gravy. Now he's free. I think there was more involved with that, but that sure. was the stiffest I can imagine penalty. there's probably, like, uh, I'm sure we can look it up. Yeah, there's more involved. Sure. We'll go with that. Who? Tim who confessed to People Magazine that CBD saved their life. It was somebody famous. Um, and I, I remember hearing about it, but I don't remember who it was. Hint? Give a name. It's a female. There's your hint. Yeah. No, I know it's a female. It's a female. Who is the one female they always talk about? Britney Spears. Oh, okay, that's, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, one female they always talk about, Miley Cyrus. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. I don't follow the Kardashians. Well, you should. Why? Because. What was the very first Cheech and Chong movie? The very first Cheech and Chong? Yes. I don't know. Up in Smoke. I just recently watched the beginning of that movie, and it is ridiculous. What year did it come out? 19... 19- 74 5 Well, whatever. I didn't do too well on that one. No. Yo soy tu padre. Break it down. Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Check us out also online at www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com.